Morning, everyone. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Lamed Gimel Lag Yuma. And we are going to pick up, we were rushing a little bit towards, I was rushing towards the end a little bit, and may have glossed over a fascinating little piece here, starting on Lamed Bez, Lamed Bez, the first wide line. Towards the end of that first wide line, the Gemara asks, Kratzo Bekama, we were talking about the Shechting, um, that the Kohen Gadol does, on the very first uh, Korban Tamid, uh, Shel Shachar. And we said that he used the word Kratzo because, he, because uh, he's killing the animal, but he's shechting it, but not all the way. So what's the shear? Asks the Gemara, Bechama. What's the shear of the shechting? So Amar Ula, Berov Shnaim. Amar Berov Shnaim. So everybody agreed that it is Rov Shnaim. Now, this is where it gets fascinating. Rov Shnaim means Rov Two, which is Rov Karnavaveshes, so that it's the majority of those two, right, of the esophagus and the trachea. Now, this is a halacha that's true in general, in Chulin. This is true when you're shechting, when Tzvi Holland is shechting animals, he's shechting Rov Karnavaveshes. So that halacha of how much you have to shecht in general is the same halacha as far as how much the Kohen Gadol has to shecht the Talmud Shalshachar on Yom Kippur. So what is the Chiddush here? So let's see. The Afrei Shlakish Savar Berov Shnaim. So Shlakish agrees with Ulan Biyochanan that you do Rov Karnim Veshes. The Amar Shlakish and Shlakish develops it as follows. Bechime Achas Shishanina Ruba Shalachas Kambahu. In other words, we already know that Ruba Kekulo, so to speak, that when you shecht most of the right esophagus or trachea, that it's good enough. We know that from Chulin. And therefore, since we know that from a mission in Chulin, Lama Shaninu Rov Echad Ba'of Rov Shnaim Bevehema. Why do we have a second, redund- seemingly redundant Mishnah in Chulin that teaches you that by an Of, you only have to do it by one, and by a Behema, you have to do it by both, the trachea and the, and the, and the esophagus. So, so why do we have that redundant Mishnah? We already learned that from Ruba Shalachad Kamahu. So, therefore, right, so Lefisha Shaninu Hevilo as a Tamid Kretso America Acher Shechita Al Yado. That, again, just let's, let's focus on what he's saying. Rish Lakish is saying that the reason we have a redundancy in the Mishnayos in Chulin is to shed light on our Mishnah in Yuma. In other words, the Mishnah in Chulin stresses twice that Rubo Kekulo, with regards to shechting the animals, in order so that we understand that in our Mishnah, it's the same halacha also. That's what the redundancy is doing. It's shedding light on our Mishnah in Yuma. It's fascinating. Where do you see that? That you have redundancy? We see that in Psukim, as we will see in Daf Beis of, uh, of today. They obviously, all the time, we see that when we have redundancy in Psukim, it's to shed light on certain halachas. Here we have a redundancy in Mishnayis and Chulin to shed light on a Mishnah on our Mishnah in Yuma. Now, what is shedding light? So I'll say it quickly outside first, because whereas in a normal shechting situation, right, you could say Rubik Kukulo, ours is in fact not a normal shechting situation. Not because it's on Yom Kippur, but because there's a second dude. <laughs> there's a second guy. Uh, well, well I, I have to point out some of the some of the peculiarities in, in, this, in this Mishnah, it bears repeating. The second guy is very problematic. 
when you normally have a shechita, even if you're on your own, you're not supposed to, you're not supposed to hesitate, right? You're not supposed to start and stop. You're not supposed to have shehia. When you're on your own, you're, you're, you're supposed to, right? So, so with the second guy, besides which, right, it, the Gemara is now going to address the balance. Is the second guy doing something productive? If he is, then who is he? The Kohen Gadol is supposed to be the only one doing the Avoda. So if the second guy is actually helping the Shechita, the Gemara is going to say, he can't be that he's helping the Shechita because you're not allowed to do Avoda if you're not the Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippur. Okay, so if he's not helping with the Shechita, what is he doing? Why is he being helpful at all? Then why do we need him? He's just, he's just uh, harming, he's just getting in the way, so to speak, of, of having. Okay, so you'll say the Kohen Gadol can't, do, can't grab the bucket fast enough to catch the blood. So he's helping him finish the shechita. Okay, so the Kohen Gadol, so he's doing a kosher shechita. And then the other guy, what? He's taking over? He's taking over at the same point where the Kohen Gadol started the incision? And what are you saying? That the Kohen Gadol is only going to do rove conovavesius and then he's going to stop? I'll ask you this. How much time is the Kohen Gadol really saving? Just finish the incision. What does it take? A split second? Granted, it's difficult to grab a bucket and, and, and catch the blood. But uh, if you're going to start the incision already, just finish it and then grab the bucket. I don't understand physically why that takes, why that extra split second makes a difference. So I have a little bit of a mahalach here that I think fits into the Gemara uh, very well. By the way, Tosfos asked some of these questions. Tosfos said, uh, because the Gemara itself asks some of these questions. He says, that if you, in fact, are saying that the second individual helping the Kohen is doing avoda, then that's avoda be'acher, which is not supposed to work out, it's supposed to be with the Kohen, Gadol, only doing it on his own. And Tosas points out that all, you know, some of the further problems, which is even if the, um, even if it was not Yom Kippur, it would be a problem because you're not supposed to do one avoda with two kohanim, right? So even if it was not Yom Kippur, this would be problematic. So, all right, so we have a lot of issues here and I'll say what I think is the mahalach outside and then we'll read it inside and it'll flow much better. I think that the shot here is like this. The, me, the person who's finishing off the shechita is called the meirake. I don't know if it's from Lushan rake to like drain out the blood, but it makes sense. In other words, like this. When you make an incision on the animal, so you see a little blood starts to trickle, and uh, and the animal, and you've killed the animal, right? You've cut off the trachea and the esophagus. You've cut, you've killed the animal. Fine. Now, the avoda and Rashi says this lumdus inside. We'll see. The avoda of Yom Kippur is not to kill the animal. We're we're not even eating this animal, right? The avoda, as Rashi, as Rashi explains, is to get the blood because we are using it as kapara, right? Ritsui. So we're shechting the animal because you, uh, that's what you do. You shech karbonos. The second guy isn't really like doing a lot of, you know, when I, when I did, oh, the, this kid, Nachi, who I played the, uh, the song from. So I, he was my fourth son. He happens to be my youngest son. So I uh, technically did it as bris milah. Uh, because it was in Eretz Yisrael, where Chaim Pinchas Scheinberg was in Sandak. It was, a, it was an awesome day. Um, Zatzal. He came to Ramat Beit Shemesh and we did the bris in Ramat Beit Shemesh. Anyway, so I did the incision and technically I, I, I was mohel him. But, you know, the mohel went in and he did the rest of the, of the bris mila uh, and, and, all the, and all the other things that, that were required after me. He basically like finished it off. That's not this. 
right? This, I'm saying, is two distinct things. The entire bris, so, so even though I technically did the bris mila, right, he sort of continued the procedure. Maybe it is like this. It, it reminds me of this because what you're doing is you're doing the incision, you're killing the animal, you're technically yotze, so to speak, as far as shechita is concerned. But you have to collect the dumb. So you go and you grab the bull, and then you basically like rip open the incision, right? You, you actually open up the animal. That's when the blood really starts flowing out. That's what I'm calling mayrake. And you're doing that in order to get the maximum drainage out of the head, the maximum bo- ma- amount of blood into the bull. That's the avoda that you're using it for. So when you understand it in that context, so it's a mitzvah, as the Gemara will say, to open it up, but it's not really part of the halachic shechita, is what I'm saying. And so that is, but, I mean, obviously it looks like it's part of the halachic shechita because typically when you're in the Empire Kosher Factory, so maybe the, the, the shochet will do everything, right? He'll, he'll shech the animal and then he'll, he'll open up that area and he'll drain the blood. But we're separating the act of shechita into these two sort of like distinct activities. But the first one is the halachic shechita. Okay, so now let's read it inside. So, Vishlakish was saying that Rav Shnaim is enough for the halachic shechita, right? Because we learn in our Mishnah, In other words, you would have thought that if uh, another coin has to come and complete the shechita, you might have thought that it would be possible to shecht, right? That the shechita itself would be possible if you didn't have the second guy. So the Gemara is going to say, Right, that what we learned from the Mishnah and Chulin is that it's not true. That really, that without this second individual doing the Meirek, it's still a Karsha Shechita. But just in the Hava Amina, the Gemara interrupts itself and says, Yachalo Meirek, Apostle? What are you saying? That, that if he, that it could be that if you didn't have the second individual taking out the blood, that it would be, and, you know, in other words, opening up the incision, that it, that the Shechita of the Kohen Gadol the, uh, with the, where he's Koritz, that would be possible. Says the Gemara, That would mean two people, right, are doing the Avoda. And again, as Tosos mentioned, this is not the only problem. First of all, on Yom Kippur, only the Kohen Gadol could do Avoda. Secondly, two people can't do an Avoda in general. So what's going on? So it says, And, but the Gemara focuses on the fact that really only the Kohen Gadol is supposed to do the Avoda in Yom Kippur. So the Gemara explains, Hachi Kamar. Rishlakish meant to say, Yachol Yehei Pasul Midurabanan. That we thought that the Kohen, that it would be Pasul Midurabanan. This is where Rashi, Yachol Yehei Pasul Midurabanan, the last Rashi in Lamed Beis and Beis, says the Lamdus. That's Chulin versus Yom Kippur perspective. Right? That on, from a Chulin perspective, a Shechit, that's 100% fine, because what you're doing is trying to slaughter the animal. But from a Yom Kippur, getting the blood is the Iker, and therefore, Maybe if you don't get the blood, it's possible midurabanan, says Rashi. That's what you might think. That even though the shechit is okay, it, it's not okay midurabanan. And therefore, now as we finally arrive at Lamed Gimel Aleph, the Gemara says, "Lachach shaninu to dispel the notion that there's any psulderabanan." We learn rov echad ba'ofer of shnei bebehema. We have the Mishnah in Chulin to teach you that even without the person who's korates, even without the second individual, there's no psulderabanan. There's no psal of any kind. The shechita of the Kohen Gadol, the, cre- the, right, the, the kreitza, we call it, of the Kohen Gadol, um, is going to be 
valid. So then, if that's the case, the Gemara asks, So if it's true that there's no psal deraisa, there's no psal derabanan, the shechita and the kritza of the coin gadol is enough, so then why do we have, in fact, the second individual doing the marika altogether? So the Gemara answers, mitzvah lemarek, right? So this is where the Gemara answers that it's a mitzvah. So that's why it, it, it set me off on a thought process of, uh, if, uh, that's why it set me off on a, on a thought process that there's a mitzvah to, right, the mitzvah lamarik means that the shechita aspect is satisfied by the kohen gadol. But then this aspect of opening up the incision and letting the blood really flow is a second thing. It's not really avoda per se, uh, right? It's not really avoda per se, but it's a mitzvah because it helps in the process of Right, getting the, the dam in the bowl for the Zrikas Adam. As the Rashi says, mitzvah lamarik, kedei lahotzi es adam, yafeh, to really help bring out the dam freely. Fine. Alright, Goranowitz, you arrived at just the right time, because now we have an entirely new Indian, Amar Abaye, uh, it's Abaye, and in fact, people who say korbanos say this every day. Most people, uh, uh, Birnbaum says korbanos, but he, for whatever reason says he doesn't say this part. He's very selective about the parts of korbanos that he says. It's the third, third line on Lamed Gemen of Aleph. Um, we go now through the Seder korbanos of every day. This is not a Yom Kippur thing exclusively. This is what the Seder korbanos is every day, as follows. Abaye misader ma'aracha mishmei de gemara. Abaye listed the order of all the karbana, of all the avodas in the base of Mikdash, right? Uh, based on the daily, right, avoda of the Mizbeach, based on the tradition that was received, what's Gemara? So actually that is, or as Rabbi Silber from Suburban says, Gemara, that is a, uh, it's a tradition. Gemara, um, Technically, Rashi says, is the Chuli Yeshiva the Rabbana Debate Medrash? All the, all the Yeshiva guys know this. Uh, there's the Machlokas, whether some, uh, some Shitas, according to Rabari Libowitz, the great Ethiopian master, says that it's a person, Gimla, uh, other Rishonim say that it's the only, the only shot that you, you won't find is that it's a Gemara. They didn't learn it in a Gemara. The island learned it in the base Medrash, or they learned it in Gemara, as we said earlier, is Allah Chalamashim Sinai. Rashi does not say that here. He says that they learned it in the Velt. Okay. But anyways, this is the Seder Voda that the Yeshiva guys all know. Valiba the Abashal. And this is in accordance with the Sheet of Abashal mentioned earlier on Daf Yud Daladam and Bez as follows. Okay, so the Kohen Gadol starts off and he walks in. Tosfos and everybody uh, jumps out of their seats. They say, wait a minute, didn't we start, didn't we say the first avoda was Truma Sadashan? All right, so we did. Uh, however, the truth of the matter is that we said that's really just cleaning up, so to speak, from the night before. Aye, we said it's avodas yamamahi, it's the first avoda of the day. Okay, I mean, it, the reason why there's a havamina that's avoda from the night before, we're talking about like the ikr setting up now. Um, right, when we say Misader Maracha, this is like the setup. Right, for the, for the new day. So, yes, technically, Truma Sedeshin from the previous night is, 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 uh, the first avoda, but we're talking about the avodas of setting up for the new day. Fine. So, the Kohen is walking in, and he walks up the ramp. Now, if you're visualizing it now, we're on the outer ramp, and we're walking from the ramp south to north. On the right side, which is the east side, we're gonna have a big, 
pyre, right? A big bonfire wood that we're going to set up. That's the Maracha Gedola, where all the Karbonas are going to be burning up. And that is Kodemes, that, that we set up first. Then Maracha Shnir Shel Ketores. On the left side, the way that it works is that on the left side, which is the west side of the large outer Mizbeach, you're going to make a, bon, like a bonfire with, uh, with the wood, okay? Rashi explains the exact location. It's, a, it's offset a little bit from the southwest corner of the Mizbeach. That picture you're looking at in the art school, Andrew, is, is, is oriented the way we know, with due north on top. So it makes it easier, I think. So you're looking at the outer Mizbeach, and you're walking up the ramp. Which direction are you walking when you're walking up the ramp? North. North, correct. So on your right side, which is going to be to your east, um, is New York is going to be the large bonfire. And then the smaller uh, fire is going to be, right, southwest. It's going to be San Diego over there. So the issue is, that's going to be your, your in-laws, I believe, are going to be over there, right? <laughs> that's this from San Diego. So now... Um, uh, not, not, not Tijuana, but San Diego, because it's four Amos, uh, north of the very corner, as Rashi explains, uh, based on, based on the Gemara. But, but here's the point. The point is that then those coals from the, from the, uh, southwest corner, that is going to be coals that you're going to bring into the Mizbeach Apnimi to use to burn the Ketoris. Because the Ketoris is burnt on the inner. You see over there, you're going into the Heichal. And you may as well take a quick look because you're going to be going to the menorah and you're going to be going, going, going inside that heichal soon, today. So, so now you can visualize. We think that the in, inside-outside game is just um, exclusive to, um, to Yom Kippur as we discussed yesterday where he keeps going in and out of the Kodesh Kadashim to the heichal. But during a regular day, when you bring in the Korbatamid, you're going in and out from the Chatzar into the Heichal and, and back. Not into the Kodesh Kedoshim, obviously, but from the Chatzar to Heichal and back. So this is what we're going to... Uh, and, and part of it is you're actually burning the coals of the incense that's going to go inside. You're burning that on the outer Mizbeach outside. So now we get, again, gaining real appreciation for what goes on in the base of Mikdash may be rebuilt soon. There you go, Gorano. It's Tefillah. Uh, so... And also the inside outside, showing the, uh, right, the vicissitudes of man as we, as we try to maintain Kedusha. Sometimes we, we go up and down, you gotta ride the wave, and hopefully we'll be Zucker to be, uh, inspired always. Okay. It's like an exercise, spiritual exercise. It's like a, it's like, exactly, it's like a physical and spiritual exercise, coming, going from levels of Kedusha. So again. You make the big bonfire on the right side, on the east side as you go up the ramp. Then after that, you do the smaller bonfire on the left side, Shukatoris. Then, which means after you've set up the smaller bonfire on the left side, you take the two kindling blocks as we've discussed, and you put them on the larger bonfire on the right side. Then, then you do Trumas Hadashan, but not the Trumas Hadashan of the Mizbeach Achitzon, of the bigger Mizbeach, but the, the addition of the inner Mizbeach. Okay, then, as we discussed earlier in Yudal and Vez, we talked about that first you clean out five Neros. And then you have a break, and there's a whole discussion of what you do during that break. Then you clean out the other two neros, because there's seven neros in the menorah that is inside the heichal of the Beis HaMikdash. So here it is. We are going to do, and we quoted this Gemara there. The first, first we do the first five, then 
So that's where we see the Shitas Abashol, that the activity that's being done between the five first uh, candles, so to speak, and then the second two is in fact going to be the shechting uh, of the Korban Tamid. Here it says Dam HaTamid, but the Tamid hasn't been shechted yet. So that's in fact the activity that's happening now. Abishal is saying, Kodim Damatamid, Rashi explains, right? Kodim Damatamid, Lishchita Vilizrika, right? You're shechting the Korban Tamid now. That's important. And then you're going to do the Zrika. Presumably, it only mentions Damatamid because that's the Iker of all these Korbanos, is the Zrika Saddam, okay? And then, Vidamatamid Kodim Latavas then the, right, the Korban Tamid is going to be uh, what you do before you. Clean out the last two of the seven Neros, and then Hatavas Shtei Neros Kodim Lektaris. That's when you're going to start burning the Ketaris on the inner Mizbeach, and then Uktaris Kodim Levarim. So you burn, so again, the, in the Heichal, you're doing the Menorah, and then you're burning the Ketaris from the coals you procured before from the, right, from the ashes on top of the larger Mizbeach, but you're doing the Ketaris in the inner Mizbeach. Now you're going back outside. Uktaris Kodim Levarim. You're going back outside. And you're going to burn the limbs of the korban tamid on the outer mizbeach, and then ve'evarim lemincha. Then, after you've burnt those limbs on the outer mizbeach, you're going to do the korban mincha, right? That was brought as a nesach with the tamid, right? This is this is psukim in the Torah, by the way. And then umincha lechavitin, and then the mincha is before the special korban of the that the kohen gadol brought every day of the year, which is the chavitin, uh, right? With the um, with the cakes. In, in Hebrew, chavita uh, is an omelet. This is a little bit different than an omelet, but it is, in fact, in a frying pan. The chavitin lin sachin. And the chavitin are, they precede the, the wine and the sachin that you bring with the korban tamid. And then in the sachin lin musafin, that, that is before the korbanas musaf. Now, as Rashi is quick to point out, you don't always say musaf, right? During a regular day, you don't say musaf. But Shabbos and Yantiv, this would apply, certainly. That's where you would stick in the carbon musaf. And then musaf and the vazichin. Uh, and vazichin is going to be the spoons of the, right? The incense um, is going to go um, after the musafim. Vazichin, the tamit shall ben arbaim. And finally, you finish the avoda, as we discussed earlier in Psachim Tzadik Tes, that the last avoda of the day the last shechita of the day is the Tamit Shalbein Harabayim. That's when you finish shechting animals and putting them on the larger pyre in the outer Mizbeach. No more Karbanas brought after that. Shenamar, as we quoted there in Psalchim Tzadik Tess, as you might recall, There we were talking in the context of when is the Korban Pesach relative to the Korban Tamit Shalbein Harabayim. Because the Korban Pesach is an is a afternoon Korban. That was a fascinating uh, discussion that we had in Psachim Tzadik Tess, as you might recall, and therefore we said, well, Midor Raisa, the Tamit Shal Ben Arbaim is last, and that determines the timing of the Korban Pesach itself. Ah, Psachim, remember Psachim? That was really fun. Anyway, Yuma's fun too. Aleah Hashleim Kolar Kubanas Kulam. So it says, Vihiktir Aleah Chelvashlamim, as we learned then, that was the Limud that the last sacrifice of the day was the Korban Tamit Shal Ben Arbaim. So thus ends this brisa that we say every day of the karbanos, of the seder of the avayda in on a typical day. So now we're going to discuss each stage um, and, wh- and why we do it in the order that we do and what are the sources for it. Very fascinating. So Amar Mar. Uh, earlier, by the way, we, we quoted Rabbi Huda and we said, 
Amar Rabbi Yehuda and some changes to Amar Mar, whenever you quote, right, a brysa, it, it was typical to say Amar Mar. In this case, we're referring to Abaye, right? But we refer to him as Mar, he who we said the brysa in, in, in his name. Okay. So he says, Maracha Gedolo Kodemus Lamaracha Shniya Shel Ketores. So, as the Brisa discusses, you make the first larger bonfire on the eastern side where all the carbonos are going to go before you make the bonfire on the left side, the smaller one, that's going to, the coals of which are going to be used for the Ketoris. So, says the Gemara, Minala, and how do we know that? So, he said the Tanya, because we learned the Brisa, Hi ha'ola al-mokta al-mizbeach kol alayla. That, the, it's the ola that's on the flame, on the mizbeach all night, zumarach gadola. Says the Gemara, that's a reference to the Marach Gadola. There is a safer that talks about the whole arrangements, what you do in the carbon. Right, so, so, so there is the, the, the Mishkan book. This is not Mishkan, this is the base of Mikdash. I think it's the base of Mikdash book also that our school sponsored. But the closest thing we've had for, for a couple thousand years to safer like that is Maseches, Yuman Maseches Tamid, the Mishnais and the Gemaras that we're learning now. So, the, so, so, but they do, they, they didn't have like some picture books these days. Anyways, so, so the fire should be on top of it. So first it says, says the Gemara, that, that's the larger bonfire. And then, another description of a fire on the Mizbeach, that you should light it. That's the second bonfire of the Katoris. Now, Tukad and Mokda, that is talking about pyres, okay. Now, and we know that the, these are on the outer Mizbeach, and from there it's brought to the inner Mizbeach. So there is, because it says ala mokda and tukadvo, there is an allusion to you're building two pyres. That much we get. But the question is, right, the epochana, says the Gemara. The question is, it's ambiguous. Like there's nothing really in the Psukim that's going to suggest one of them is a larger one on the east side, and the other one's a smaller one on the west side. It's just basically saying two, two bonfires. So why does, where does the right, what the Gemara was asking is, how do we know that the first one is the larger one on the, on the east side, and the second one is the smaller one on the left side? And the Gemara brought a pasuk that does in fact imply two bonfires, but how do we know that what, which one's first? So the Gemara says, it could have just as easily, I could read into the Psukim that it's the other way around, that you do the one on the west side first. So the Gemara says, no. Right, so for that we use the Svara. We just know from the Psukim that there's two bonfires, but from the Svara we learn that the larger one where all the carbonus are going to be taken, that's what the Gemara means, it says, all day long, that's going to be carbonus on it. So obviously it's more kapara than just the one, or the two time, we should say, incense one. So therefore, that's why we do the one, we choose and we give precedence to the one where all the kapara is going to be on it. Okay. Um, fine. And then... Uh, the Gemara says, however, the incense, however, this is a similar discussion that we had to the Big Day Zav and Big Day Lavan, as you might recall, yesterday. Right? The Big Day Zav we wore every day, but the Big Day Lavan entered the Kaddish Kedoshim. So similarly here, we have a ton of kaparas and all the karbanas on the larger bonfire, but the smaller bonfire has, provides the coals which we bring further in to a more Kaddish place, which is the Heichal on the inner Mizbeach. So we're getting closer 
right west, closer to the Kaddish Kadashim, and therefore maybe that is a more hush of fire. Says the Gemara, Adar On the contrary, right? We don't go lifnim. We don't go into the Kaddish Kadashim on a regular day, but we do go inside the Heichal for the inner Mizbeach with the incense. So therefore, maybe that should take precedence, so, right? If you're going to use a svara, how do you know that that, that one is more uh, precedes the other? So the Gemara says, Adifa," that in uh, the value system of which is more important to go into the lifnim or to do the, the bonfire where the kaparasa meruba, we prefer the kaparasa meruba. And I'll tell you another thing," says the Gemara. There's a, a second reason, which is if you happen to, for whatever reason, have only enough wood for one bonfire. So obviously you're going to make the one large one on the side because you need it for all the carbonos. And guess what? Are we not going to be allowed to use the coals from that larger bonfire for the incense inside? Are, so the answer I would have said is, I don't know. <laughs> the answer is that the halacha is that yes, you would. Which is to say, when you make the la- bonfire on the right, theoretically, it is in fact fit. If you, in, in an unusual case where you don't have more wood, you, you wouldn't even need, so to speak, the bonfire, the smaller one for the incense on the left. You could use the coals from the larger fire and in fact burn the incense with them in the inner mizbeach so that those coals are not totally ineligible to go inside. So you have Kaparas and Meruba on top of the fact that they are, in fact, even though they don't typically go inside to be used in the inner Mizbeach, they are eligible to be do, to do so, and therefore, certainly, two verse, you know, those two reasons would carry the day, and that is why we, that is the reason why we would be bringing and setting up the larger bonfire on the east side first. Okay. That's the first step. Now, let's analyze the second step here. So, this is an interesting thing, right? You could think, like Barry's a very organized guy. He wants to set up the first bonfire on the right side and then put the two, the famous Gezirei Eitzim, the two kindling blocks on the, on the Maracha Gedola. And then when he's finished setting up that large bonfire, he's going to go set up the smaller one. Why are we setting up the large one, then setting up the smaller one, and then going back and putting the kindling, kindling blocks, what I call the Gezirei Eitzim, back on the large one? It says the Gemara Minon. How do we know that this is how we do it? Since the Gemara says, we have a pasuk. Right? So as you continue with the Pesukim, they describe, right, that the Kohen is going to, to, after he, right, it has to be talking about the larger, right, the larger, first of all, as far as talking about the, um, the, the Gezira Eizim, has to be talking about the larger, uh, bonfire, because it says Well, the Ola is certainly going on the larger bonfire, so that's how you know that Uveir Alea Kohen is talking about putting them on the larger bonfire. Alea velo al chaverta, right? Miklal isa lechaverta. Aha. So just the fact that you need the Pasuk to teach you, if you're following the logic here, just the fact that you need the Pasuk to teach you that you put the kindling blocks on this particular bonfire, that teaches you that it means to exclude, obviously, putting them on a different bonfire. And that's how, in fact, we learn about the existence of the second bonfire, which it means it also implies 
that that second bonfire already exists when the two blocks are put on the larger bonfire, right? So again, so it says, So the Gemara is learning two things. It's basically learning that the second bonfire, there is a second bonfire, and that that second bonfire is already set up at the time that you're putting the Gezira uh, him on the larger bonfire. Okay. Says the Gemara, but wait a minute, we just need, we need a lima to learn the very fact that we're putting on the, the Gizire Eitzim. We never even knew that without the Pasuk. Says the Gemara, yeah, that's why it says Aleya twice. One to teach you that there's such a thing as, as Gizire Eitzim. And the second one to teach you that when, right, and the second one to teach you, uh, that when the Gizire Eitzim are being brought on the larger bonfire, as we said, the second bonfire is already in place, is already set up. So that's why we have the order. We set up the larger bonfire, then we set up the smaller bonfire to the left of it, and then we put the Xira Eitzim on the larger bonfire. Aleha said twice, right? Uver Aleha HaKohen Eitzim Baboker Baboker Barach Aleha HaOla Viktir Aleha Chelvei Shlamim. So now I just read the Pasuk, and you realize what? It doesn't say it only twice, it says Aleha three times. Okay. Um, so what does it mean when it says Trey Aleha TV? Well, it does appear three times, and the Ritva discusses what the Gemara means. But the Gemara really means is that the two of the three types are used for our Limud. Okay, fine. So further on, we move on. Okay, so now we're going inside. We just put up the two kindling blocks on the outer pyre, and now we're going to do the Truma Sadeshen of the inner Mizbeach of the incense. Very nice. Gemara says, Even though regarding the Shtigzir Eitzim, it says, So both with regards to the Trumas Adeshen of the enemy's Bech, and with regards to the two Gzir Eitzim, it says the same Baboker Baboker, uh, which means that it sounds like it's the same, same time stamp, right? Baboker Baboker, like when we got here. Right? That's when it, uh, me, Barry and I get here by Boker. Andrew gets here by Boker, by Boker. Anyway, so, so by Boker, by Boker is the, is, is the timestamp for both of them. So how do we know which one goes first between the Xira Eitzim and the Inner Mizbeach? So says, says the Gemara, Afilo Achi, Machshir Adif. Aha. What's Machshir? In this case, it's like setup mode. Rashi, Machshir Adif. A Machshir Mitake and a Sadavar Kodmo. In other words, right, setting up wood comes before. Like once you're already burning incense, that's already post-setup, right? There's the setup of the shul, and then there's like you're coming and you're learning. So ketores is already like an activity, post-setup activity. So it would stand to reason, explains the Gemara, that even though both of them are done, the setup activity, which is a putting the the woods together it would precede the actual activity activity that is post set up. Very good. That's what Machshir here means. The Gemara asks, Machshir Mainiu, what is the preparatory uh, act here? Shnegazira Eitzim. Aha. Okay. So that's the that's preparation. But however, says the Gemara, March Azli. Yeah, but you said that the Shnegazira Eitzim go on the larger bonfire, and therefore it's not really a preparation for the incense. See, I would, I would have, I would have, um, 
I, I wouldn't have necessarily asked this question, but it makes sense. See, the, the Gemara is assuming that when we said preparation, it meant, oh, well, obviously, preparation of the bonfire goes first because first you prepare the bonfire, then you burn the wood, and then you bring the incense. Then, and so it's sort of like part of the incense-bringing process. And the Truma Sadeshen is the, is the initiation of the incense-bringing process. And therefore, it makes sense to say that the preparation comes first only if you're talking about the smaller bonfire on the left side that's meant for the incense. But uh, the way I described it, the question doesn't have as much teeth, right? Because the Gemara basically asks, I, but we're not preparing for the incense. We're setting up these two kindling blocks, Badafka, as the Psukim suggests, on the larger bonfire that in a normal situation when you have enough wood has nothing to do with the burning of the incense. So the answer is what we already said. The answer to the Gemara is, Amar Rabbi Yirmiya, Shum Eitzim. So we had a couple of answers. The first answer is what we already implied, which is, yeah, but there, it's all the set, the wood set up. In other words, it's true that the setting up of the two Shtegzir Eitzim doesn't have to do with the burning of the incense, but it's all part of the wood setup. So we get it from setup mode to avoda mode. That's the answer of Rabbi Yirmiya. Second answer, similar idea that once you've already started arranging the larger bonfire to the right, then you just finish that first before you get into, right, incense mode. And Ravashi Amar, the same idea that we said before, Ravashi borrows it for here as well, that since in the rare event of the absence of wood for the smaller bonfire, since you would be able to use the wood from the larger bonfire to burn the incense. That is why we're allowing you to do that first. It makes sense because there theoretically could be a scenario where you didn't have enough wood for the smaller bonfire and you, in fact, would need these kindling fires, these gazira eitzim, just to move on to the next stage of the incense. So for all of these three reasons, or any one of them, it makes more sense to do the shte gazira eitzim prior to the truma sadeshin of the inner Ketaris Mizbeach. Fine. So now that we've described that, now we're going inside. So, the, the Truma Sedeshen of the Mizbeach Pnimi preceded the Menorah, which is also inside in the Heichal, and the Gemara asks, my time, what's the reason for that? Amar Abaye, Gemara Gemirna. Right? This is, again, Gemara Gemirna, Svar Lo Yadana. Abaye says, we have a Halach Lamash Sinai, an oral tradition, and we don't know the reason why. Why in the world would you do the Truma Sedeshen before the Neros? We don't know. But Rava Amar Kareish Lakish. Rava had a Svara that Rabbi lacked. The Amar Reish Lakish ain't Mavir and Ala Mitzvos. There's in fact a general klal. You can imagine Rabari Leibowitz going off on a sheer klali here on the concept of Ein Ma'avir and Al-Mitzvahs. On its surface, the point of Ein Ma'avir and Al-Mitzvahs is when you have an opportunity to do something, a mitzvah, you should show, right, there's a lot, Rav Leibowitz quotes a, in the Minchas Usher, in Rav Asher Weiss Shlita, in his Sefer, um, I think it's the Parshas Vayera, he talks about all the different kinds of klalim that we have that basically uh, imply in different ways how zaris we should be with the mitzvos. So, for example, zrizin makdim in the mitzvos, ein ma'avirin ala mitzvos. When you have the opportunity to do a mitzvah, you don't pass it up. And so we're going to see that physically, as the coin walks into the heichal, the trumas adeshin is going to be a mitzvah that he's going to confront before he confronts the other mitzvos of the menorah and the shulchan, as we're going to see. And therefore, or in this case specifically the menorah. 
As we're going to see, well, since we have the opportunity to turn the daf, Ein Mavir and Al Mitzvos, we turn to Lama Gimel and Bez. Big fist pump in the air for Andrew. I, we got already further. We're playing with house money now, Andrew, because we got a break coming up. We have Shavuos and everything, so I wanted to leave something over for you for Shavuos night. I don't want you to fall asleep. But anyways, so Ein Mavir and Al Mitzvos, we turn to Lama Gimel and Bez. By the way, don't use... I, this is why I'm... Not, okay, there's a lot of reasons why I'm not a shul, Rav, but here's your Gerano, it's a Muslim moment. A lot of times, you ever have kiddush? I'm not poskening here. I'm just saying this is why I'm not a shul rav because this would be my psak. You ever go to a kiddush and like a yeshiva guy takes the wine, like you handing out the the kiddush cups at kiddush, and he takes the wine before passing it to somebody else because ain mavir and all mitzvahs because it says that somewhere. I'm not sure if that's a pro- you have to ask Rabbi Rose if that's a proper application of ain mavir and all mitzvahs because I think it also says somewhere that you're not supposed to look like a jerk. <laughs> Not everybody gets this Ein Mavir and Al Mitzvah. It's, it's like courteous to pass it. So you have to go by the luck of the Gemara here is going to briefly discuss Tefillin. The reason why we put the Shel Yad on, as some people are, are already doing, before the Shel Rosh is because Ein Mavir and Al Mitzvah. You, you, uh, you come across the Shel Yad first. We'll see it inside. Anyway, Ein Mavir and Al Mitzvah. How so? Like this. The first words of Langim and Bez. The coin is entering into the Heichal. But Mizbech Pagabaresha. The first thing he sees is the Mizbech. How do we know? The Tanya, because we have a Braissa like this. Shulchan Batsafon. Andrew had his chart, right? His graphic that the Shulchan is on the north side. Two and a half Amos away from the northern wall. And Menorah is on the south side, right? And it is two and a half Amos away from the southern wall. Okay, so there in the, in the deep north, the deep south. And then, so Mizbech is right in the middle, by the entrance, right, where the entrance is centered in the Heichal. And it's also drawn a little bit towards the entrance. Not only is it in the middle, it's the first thing you see when you walk in, but it's also a little bit set towards the entrance. Why is it set towards the entrance? Because the fact is the menorah and the shulchan are supposed to be within view of each other, and therefore we set the mizbech a little bit closer to the entrance in order to create a line of sight from the menorah, from the menorah to the mizbech. Okay, and so therefore that is the first thing that the coin is going to see when he walks in, and that's why that's the first avodah that he does. The gemara ever asks for nuklamei hadayu. As we, as, I, as we just discussed, why should they just not be in a straight line? In other words, as you go from north to south, it should just be, right, uh, let's go from north to south. So it should just be um, Shulchan, right, Mizbeach, Menorah. Uh, why is the Mizbeach, in fact, a little bit drawn out towards the entrance, the Gemara, towards the east? The Gemara says, The Pasuk itself says, the Menorah has to be opposite the table. They learn from that an interesting limit, again, that they have to be within sight of vision of each other. So therefore, we bring the offset a little bit, the Mizbech, to the east. Okay. So, obviously, that's the first thing that the coin is going to hit, and therefore he does that of the first. Okay, so now, This is what we said before, the application of Ein Maviran al-Mitzvah here. Um... That you should not pass over any opportunity. Therefore, when you put on tefillin, right? It's tefillin, phylacteries. When you that that you don't aburi derar also saying it in a negative language that you should not bypass the tefillin shel yad in order to put the tefillin shel rosh first. 
instead, you're supposed to put the tefillin shel yad first. Hechi Ovid, how should you do it? Midra letotefta, from the arm and then to the head. This is an application of Ein Mavirin. Why? Well, first of all, we do have a Pasuk, by the way. Tosus points out. Have you heard of this Pasuk? It sounds like from the Pasuk you put the arm one on first. Aha. Well, that is in fact perhaps where it comes from. In other words, and also Tosfos here, this is the famous Tosfos of teaching you that the tefillin, where your tefillin should be in your tefillin bag, right? Because you have to put on, right, one before the other. If you put, right, and so you have to be careful where you put the tefillin in the tefillin bag because Ein Mavir and Al Mitzvos and which one you put on first. But the point is, Ein Mavir and Al Mitzvos, maybe the Pasuk has more to do with this idea than we thought because I, I understand the, the, maybe the arm is closer to you than your head. It's not really the case. In other words, the first Mitzvah is supposed to be the Yad because Uksharatem Osa Yadecha and therefore you don't bypass that. You have both Tefillin in front of you you should do that one first, since you have that opportunity, and then you do the tefillin shel rosh. Anyway, uh, going back to the avodah. Okay, so we've put on our tefillin. Um, we've um, and and now, but we're going back to the avodah. So we talked about doing the mizbeach before the menorah. So then now we're going to go to the menorah. We're going to hang a uh, left and go south, and we're going to. Prepare the nearest of the menorah. That's because, before you shech the korban tamid. And then, vidama tamid kum And then you finish doing the menorah. The Gemara asks, my taima. Why would you break up the menorah preparation and have this tamid between? So, amar abai, hahu baboka baboka de shnei gazira eitzim. Aha. So, by shnei gazira eitzim, we don't have to say a boka baboka. The lo trichi. We don't need it to establish the shnei gazira eitzim in terms of when it's done. Shadinu lahacha. So, we apply it here. To the first, we apply it back and we interpose that limud on the candles as it pertains to the korban tamid. Chad shad yelatavas chamesh neros, delikamid yeladama tamid. One of the babokas is to teach you that we do the five lamps of the menorah before the korban tamid. Chad shad yeladama tamid, delikamid yelatavas shteh neros. And the other baboka is to teach you that the korban tamid becomes before the shteh neros. Now, this is actually not obviously explicit in the Psukim, it's all Limudim, and so the rest of Laflam and Gimel and Beis, uh, we got about a third of the way down, a little bit more than a third of the way down, is describing these Psukim of Baboker, Baboker, Baboker twice, Baboker three times, all of these Limudim, they don't scream out, oh, do the menorah and break it up in two and then do the Tamid, it's not explicit, but we use these Limudim, these extra Limudim, to teach you the Seder Vodah, may we be Zoha to a true Kabbalah Satora, this upcoming Shavuos, and to be, restore the Avodah and the Beis of Mikdash from here by Amenu soon.